I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Make some noise, Orange fans! It's time for the Juice Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Juice Nation Podcast. What is up, Cuse Nation? Welcome to the Cuse Nation Podcast with Sean and Joe. So this is our June episode. This is episode 25. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we're going to go over some Leiden uh, and some other post-Cuse draft picks. Geno Thorpe, Rick Patino, and Louisville sanctions. And some more recruits since the last time we talked for the 2018 football team for the Syracuse Orange. Joe, what's up? How you doing, buddy? Good, good. How you doing, Sean? Not too bad. So, um, since we last talked, well, we have... Um, Seems like forever. I know. It, it actually has been about a month and a half because we did the last one in the uh, middle of the month uh, last month. But, you yeah. know, whenever we can build up some news, you know, we'll be on. Um, we do have a call-in line Okay, so if you want to, it's toll free. It's just a regular um, long distance call, basically. It's 1 804 977 1557. Okay, um, what, what's going to happen is, is you will hear this. We're sorry, this person is not available right now. Please leave a message after the beep. And then you leave your message. And your message, you want to get on the Cuse Nation podcast, uh, give us um, a comment, questions. Uh, criticisms. I mean, we'll take it all. If you want to uh, talk about the game or whatever, relieve from some frustrations, you get on the show, you leave a message, we'll play uh, play your message, and then we'll discuss it. Um, so, um, it sounded just like you. Yeah, right? So <laughs> as you could tell, like I was going to just say, uh, you know, this is a low-budget form of this right now. <laughs> so, um, you know... <laughs> If, if it works out, which I, th- I don't think it's going to be hugely popular right now, um, but I'm just putting the word out right now. I think no. it'll be it'll get, you know, we'll get some hits on it during um, during, you know, seasons, especially probably basketball. But um, yeah, it's not it, during the summer. But, yeah. yeah. Well, well, here's the thing. If it works, then, um, you know, it'll be great. It'll be a way to interact with with listeners and. We could also, if you like the Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast, we will we can put up the number right before we record and you could actually call live. You, ob- you obviously won't know what we're saying, but you could call live 
and get on the podcast live. If you want to talk about the previous game, you'll know what we're talking about, obviously, because it'll be right after a game. So um, just something a little different. Wanted to try it out. Yeah, that'd, um, be, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, talk about nice to, whatever. Nice to hear from people that listen. So Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's a slow time of year right now, so I uh, figured start throwing it out there, and um, if we get a hit, we get a hit. So anyway, um, so Tyler Lydon went to, what do you go, 24th to the Denver Nuggets? Yeah, yeah, it was Utah's pick, but through a trade, it went to Denver. So. Oh, right, right, yeah. right, okay. Um, yeah, he Kept our first round streak alive for and, Syracuse. And he also, yes, that's true. And uh, I don't know if you were with me on this, but I, I was wrong. You know, I'm not always right, but sometimes I'm wrong. And I said he wouldn't go in the first round. I don't, I think, I'm pretty sure I said he wouldn't, and he did. So, anyway. There was a lot of people that, that thought that. But at the end of the day, like I said, I, I thought he, he makes the right basketball plays. He might not be a superstar or a huge score, but... He can be a, a solid contributor to an NBA team and, and make his money, you know. So right, and that that's really what I look at, you know. When you, I mean, I'll never fault a player for going and getting money, and he's guaranteed a two-year contract for uh, being a first-round pick, and he's gonna be making two point, I think, eight eight million dollars guaranteed in those first two years. So, you know, you can never really put a a price tag on, you know. He could come back and get injured and never see anything close to that. So. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Uh, can, obviously, as a fan, you want your team to be as strong as possible. But at the end of the day, it looks like he made the right move for him. So, yeah, I mean, he could he could play two years and invest and be done. I mean, you know, he's what twenty yeah. years old. Yeah, and if he doesn't, so. then like I said, I mean, you go overseas and you might not make the millions, but you're still making a real, real nice, nice chunk of change. So, yeah, without a doubt. Um, so some other post cues, not not in the NBA draft, but you had some word on, um, what was it? Roberson. Yeah. Yeah. Roberson. Um, surprisingly, I know that, uh, they had a couple Roberson, Gillen and white were, they all left obviously. Um, Andrew white got, uh, he signed to play, um, in the summer league at the Vegas league for, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Actually. Um, he had a tryout where he, Actually made 32 three pointers in a row from the top of the key and oh um, really, yeah if yeah <laughs> so nice. um and with Cleveland Cavaliers a team like that when you have so much money tied up in you know a few players because of how good your top talent is they're always looking for some some guys that are undrafted free agents to fill out the roster spots because they just don't have the cap room so some guy like that you know LeBron he always you know people need to double team him so. Whoever plays on LeBron's team, he's going to need to have some type of some form of just spot up shooters, and all all SU fans know that that's something he can definitely do. I mean, so. he can do it. He he can shoot. He can shoot, so. and that's the positive. And if you can put the ball in the basket, then sometimes in the NBA, there's a team in the spot for you. And uh, the other one which was surprising was Tyler uh, Roberson. He signed with uh, to play in the Vegas League for Milwaukee, which uh, he's a far shot. But uh, to be perfectly honest, I'm surprised that he's even playing in the summer league for the team. So I haven't heard anything from Gillen yet, but that's pretty much what uh, what the uh, seniors and the the guys who graduated from Syracuse what they're looking at now. So, but again, like I said, Leiden uh, keeping our first pick uh, first round pick streak alive is there's only two other schools that have a longer first round streak pick than us and um 
I think we're going. I think he made six years straight, and Kentucky and Duke were the only ones in front of us. So nice. But nice to know that you know Syracuse can put people in the first round, no matter how you know bad some some of the professionals talk about the two three zone and everything else. So. Well, I mean, but it was it was nice to see. So. Like like you said, I mean, the kid's got talent. He's just, um, you know, he he just he's he's, he's kind of sloppy, and you know, I mean, losing <laughs> losing the ball a lot, bad passes. I mean, I mean, he can get that stuff fixed. I'm glad I'm glad he got drafted. I'm glad I was wrong in the end. Yep. Um, you know, I I always get I got to be honest though, I always get bitter when kids leave early. So yeah, I know that's just, that's just me, dude. <laughs> I can't hate on a kid making that kind of money. I can't either, know? but I mean, I can't either. And I, like I've, I've talked to you before about this on the show and personally after sophomore year, I can't be mad. You give me two years, you give me two years. I'm good, man. You know, you yeah. give me, you give me one year. I mean, what the hell, you know, that, that <laughs> leaves a sour taste in my mouth. And then, um, you know, we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The only successful one year, anytime recently, has been... Um, oh, well, what's um, Richardson doing? No. Malachi Richardson? Yeah. What's his deal? What's he doing? Oh, he's he, uh, recovering from ACL injury. Oh, okay. Well, um, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, but he was a first-round pick, and he's he's uh, scheduled to be okay and good enough to um, to play in the summer league for oh, them. A, so He's a beast. Um, he's pretty good. Um, okay, so moving on. Geno Thorpe, you mentioned him uh, as, as if we knew his name in the last episode. <laughs> <laughs> you, never, uh. you never gave his name. Um, transfer has no name. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, Gino uh, Thorpe, he is what is um, guard. He, well, he plays both. He plays both guard positions. Both um, guard positions at six four. Yeah, six four. Uh, very versatile. Leading scorer on his crappy team last year. I mean, the Bulls. Yeah, really bad. The Bulls just awful last year, but he was their best player. Uh, he had where is it? 
Um, he's it, for the whole entire year last year. He shot thirty-seven and a half percent of his three-pointers, and uh, the best on our team last year was Battle at thirty-six point six. So he was thirty-nine for one hundred and four last year. Yeah, and uh, it's hard. It's hard to take away how important or how good he was from a team that only won seven or nine games. It was but. Like, yeah, it was like seven games. Four point six points a game. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. So, yeah. I don't know. He's uh, But he was their leading scorer, so. He was their leading yeah. So, uh, I mean, obviously he's coming to to Syracuse to to play and to boost his stock in the NBA. Um, he obviously is, I mean, not to shame on South Florida's program, but he obviously doesn't want to end his career there. So, Well, he didn't start <laughs> I mean, it there either. No, no. He's a transfer from uh, Penn State, I believe. Yeah, first two years there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He's from Pennsylvania, and I, and his uh, his picks, his decision came down to um, to us in Pittsburgh. So kind of glad he picked us. He's what we needed. Real, I, realistically, he's really what we needed. So we needed another guard and some kind of uh, outside yeah, shooting. So. Yeah, all we had is all we're gonna have. Well, not with him. Besides him, it's Tyus Battle and Frank Howard back there. Yeah, you know, so it's well. I mean, we got Howard Washington as well, but I, I'm oh, not expecting true. too much from him. That's true, though. You're right. I mean, we have four guards on our roster, but honestly, if there's one guy that's probably got the best chance, in my opinion, of being redshirted, it's probably Howard Washington. Uh, you can move this Geno Thorpe. You can you can switch him up, and you can you got a, you got a lot of versatility with you know who you who you put in. You know, yeah. mix and match, yeah. and and I believe that was an Alan Griffin recruit, by the way. We, you you touched on his recruiting ability, um, in one of the episodes. I think it was the the not the last one, but the one before that. I think yeah. this one was his. So, yeah. Well, he was. Um, their relationship goes back, I think, to when he was in eighth grade. When Alan Griffin, he was a uh, assistant at Dayton, and he was uh, recruiting Scoochie Smith, who was a teammate of his back in eighth grade and he ended up Scoochie Smith ended up going to uh, Dayton and um, but still that relationship you know they still knew each other and everything like that and Alan Griffin was the key recruiter there so it's nice to see him get right in the action after just getting hired so definitely going to be definitely going to be a good it was a good pickup and like you said just keep it at one graduate you know when we talked last time we talked about the possibilities of the of the uh, the scholarship Phillips and the other thing, I mean, that Merrick Dolzage, he's the one that he ended up signing. So when we talked last, they still had two scholarships remaining. So the uh, six nine, uh, I don't even know to call him a forward because he grew up as a guard. But the six nine guy from uh, from Slovakia, Slovakia, right? Yeah, he's the one. He he ended up committing, and uh, he still has to get cleared by the NCA. But he committed, and then Geno Smith took the last spot and. Yeah, that fills up the the roster, and like I said, there's a lot of a lot of questions. I think the one the one thing that's guaranteed is that Torian Thompson and Tyus Battle are definitely going to be starting next year. I think that was really the given. So, so all right. Well, since you mentioned that, I want to ask you this. I want I want to hear your I want to hear your starting five for next year in your first three off the bench. What well, what would you do if you're if, you, if it's up to you? You're it's your team out of just. Everything you know and what you've seen last year from the other guys. Starting five, first three off the bench. What would I do or what do I think Jim Beheim's going to okay, do? Okay, well, let's speculate on what Jim <laughs> Beheim's going to do. Let's see. What what do you think he's going to do? Well, judge based upon how he starts the um, 
you know, the beginning of the non-conference schedule, the uh, somewhat cupcake games, as some people would call it, even though yeah, we've lost they, some in the past. Yeah. But uh, the way that he started in the past, too, I mean, even last year, uh, coming in the first game, I'm pretty sure that uh, Chukwa – well, no, not Chukwa. It was, it, was, it, was, um, it was Coleman, but Chukwa played a lot, and he started Frank Howard. So seeing that I think obviously Tyus Battle and Torian Thompson are going to start. And I think with the nine conference, I think it's going to be probably come out with Chukwa and start Frank Howard, just like he did last year. Um, and then probably Matthew Moyer, but that's what I think he's going to start with. He always does this in the beginning of this, you know, to get the other players come in and get some experience. And I really, it's a wild card as far as who's going to step up because there are positions for grabs, but I think that's what he's going to start with. I think he's going to start with that, but I, by no means do I think that's going to be our starting lineup come, it, you know, the end of the season or in crunch time in games as far as the five that he's going to have in the game. It'll, it'll evolve is what you're saying. Yeah, I think it'll evolve. Yeah. I think Howard Washington is probably the one guaranteed um, uh, red shirt, and I want to say he'd probably red shirt one more, but, I mean, I, it would come down to maybe the Barama Sadib who is a 6'9", 6'10", center. His offensive game's not too great. I can see him not registering him just in case because Torian Thompson is going to play a little bit of center. And if he doesn't think Chukwu can can hang, then I don't see him registering him either. And Doljaz, he's he's a 6'9", swing player from Europe in a – you know, he's a guard in, in a forward's body. So, I mean, his strengths is what a guard is. So – depending on what kind of lineup he's going to want to see and, and play with. I mean, we have a lot of, a lot of options. And at the end of the day, I only think we're going to red shirt one and everything else is up for grabs, but I think he'll start with, with the players that have been there and that have played. So I think it's opening day. You're talking Howard with battle Moyer, Torian Thompson and Chukwu in the middle, but I don't think that's going to, that's going to stay that would be my guess. All right. Um, all right. Well, Anything left on the basketball end, wrapping up the, the Syracuse basketball end? Uh, Get no. The roster's yeah, filled up. Just like, We're just going to have to wait that one out. To wait and see. Yeah, really. I mean, we need some guys to get some bulk, and we need some guys to, you know, just just get better. Just yeah. Get better and not regress yeah. like, like what Frank Howard did in the beginning to middle of the year last year, and just people got to embrace it and, you know, we just hope for the best. Right. Um, so this isn't a Syracuse story, but uh, it is an ACC story, and it's an NCAA story as well, and I think it's just absolutely ridiculous. This um, Patino being um, suspended, I think he's suspended for four or five games, which is lighter. Five, five ACC games. Five ACC games, um, which is lighter than Bayheim. He had eight, right? Nine. Nine, okay. Um, so it's just about half, just under half. Um, of what Beheim had for the same violation, as far as NCAA is considering it, um, and they're looking at 108 regular season games, to trying to you know this revisionist history stuff that the NCAA likes to do. They're trying to take <laughs> away uh, 108 regular season games from 2010 to 2014, 14 regular tournament wins, and. Uh, the 15th tournament win is the 2013 championship. So they just want to scrub all that for um, former director of basketball operations, Andre McGee. 
I believe his name was Andre <laughs> McGee. Yeah. Uh, uh, what he did he's was good he, at his he, job. Yeah, he, yeah, he <laughs> motiv- he's a motivator. He's a motivator. Yeah, he <laughs> Paying strippers to dance and perform sex acts. They're in, escorts. Come on. Yeah. Right. Uh, in, in the um, in the residence hall used by the school to house the players. Um, like I said, Patino's being um, hit with the same violation, what they consider, what the NCA considers the head coach accountability rule, uh, basically failing to monitor his program. Um, and this all started with a report of violations, okay? The report came from a book written by um, Katina Powell. One of the alleged escorts. the The article I read doesn't say alleged, but as far as she's I can, she's good t- at her job too. Yeah, she's good at her job. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the fourteen. Look at look at what they did under her. Look at what they yeah, did under this saying. girl. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> look what they did under this chick. Fourteen tourney wins, and the fifteenth tourney win was a championship. I mean, right. uh, you know. Well, all joking aside, I mean. What the hell does this have to do with basketball? What 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 does it have to do? Because because the uh, operations, uh, the director of basketball operations was supposedly paying strippers to dance and perform sex acts. I mean, you know, is it right? No, it's not right. But what what business no. is it of the NCAA's to start taking away wins of Patino's? Like, like this stuff doesn't happen rampant through the NCAA. So, and they're just, they're, they're, they're taking this off of um, the report off of a book. This, this woman wrote, I mean, come on, man. Is that how they do their investigation? I mean, I, I mean, that's how it started. We don't know what they did behind closed doors, but the NCAA, they're the worst. They are the worst. Taking away 108 regular season games. And possibly a championship, which they're going to try to appeal. I mean, does of course. What, what do everybody you, appeals? Right, they all appeal because if you don't appeal, you're just admitting guilt, right? Well, that's the assumption. Well, yeah, that's the assumption. But on the other hand, too, I mean, it's completely ridiculous. So, you know, let think about what I mean. What can you have a Texas Hold'em game? You know, I mean, is gambling? You know, I mean, what if? Okay, what if? What if she was just dancing? Wait, I mean. You know, is is that, you know, I'm not like I said, I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying what the hell does it have to do with basketball and Rick Pitino? These coaches can't watch these kids constantly. No, you know, I mean it's it's ridiculous. Fail to NCAA, monitor the NCAA program. Just does they mon- they try to monitor? They try to control every athlete's life. And- yeah, they're like the NCAA is like a communist dictatorship w- without the murdering and famine. Yeah, you and know the what whole I'm saying? thing is, is that if it comes down to where they don't have. <laughs> Just cause, and the you know the school is gonna hire hella lawyers to try to figure this out, and it's gonna be some crazy things. They're not gonna win in court. Then that's when this kind of stuff happens. You know what I mean? Like, it, so it's like you never. They're not consistent. That's the problem. No, no, didn't didn't UNC set up a fake class for how many years? Well, UNC is still under investigation. Oh, so that's, that's still, still under investigation. To be honest, yeah, we, ours was seven eight years. I mean, that's what Bam was talking about. He's like, how can you take away wins when, you know, when you were actually playing the games, you didn't know that 10 years later that person was going to be deemed ineligible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so you have no idea. In, in so the, if you don't have any idea and then all of a sudden 
10 years down the line, the NCAA wants to put in an investigation and deem these people ineligible. Like, how is the coach supposed to know when they played those games that they were going to be ineligible a decade later? Yeah, so I it's guess... Just, it's just, like, ridiculous. So if, there, if there's any kind of... In, what you're saying, Joe, is is basically the coach is supposed to determine if there's an investigation going on. He's taking a gamble if he's playing that player in a game that they win. He knows that even that they could be stripped of that win because that player played. And they're investigating well, what I'm saying is, is that you're talking about an investigation that, I mean, some of these players have already came and went, not even there anymore. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, in our case. go back in time, you know, the back to the future is not a real thing. So, Well, neither is I, I just, taking away wins. I mean. <laughs> it shouldn't be because you can't. I mean, what is, does that mean they take away all the losses from all the teams they beat? I mean, it just doesn't yeah, make really. any sense. Like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, what, what are you going to do? It's so stupid. And then there's it's no so consistency, stupid. you know, and there's 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 some things out there that they talk about why it might not have been as harsh. And some Syracuse fans think it's wasn't as harsh as Syracuse. I mean, obviously, the charge, I think, is more serious than what Syracuse got charged for. But I, at the end of the day, I mean, but, we were also and we are also investigated and we had certain things hit us back in the 90s. So. Bayheim and the whole school looks almost like it's, you know, like, nope, they did it again. You know what I mean? So what kind of stuff goes into that? You know, the thought process in the NCAA, the problem is, is that there's no transparency and there's no consistency. No, so and it's, you can't go. It's, I mean, it's just like it's just like when they pick the field in the NCAA tournament. It's the same thing. Like every single year, the coaches talk about, oh, consistency. Why did they pick this team? Why did they? Like the bottom line is, is that you have people in a room and all of them have their own their own things it's, that they want to happen and exactly. that's a lot they, of what they it have, is. a lot of it is politics what, what you're saying is they have an agenda some of these yeah, people obviously every, have an agenda they have an agenda and they have politics and this person knows this person and this person knows this person and they kind of well how can we do this without ruffling too many feathers and it's never going to happen and in, in the process what it does is it confuses the hell out of everybody else because they're like well that's prostitution this guy just wrote a paper for this person and this guy got way worse off. Like it what doesn't was, make any sense. What was the, it, the scholarships? How many scholarships did they get stripped? Because like, well, they self-imposed two scholarships last year? year. Oh, last year. And they, um, well, cause they didn't need them. So whatever they did it. Yeah, and, so why, why not? Right. And I don't know if they did the postseason band or not. They might have, I'm not quite sure. So, but I think they're, it's it's over four years. They're losing one one scholarship over the next every year for the next four years. Uh, see, yeah, I don't think that they're they 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 got more games stripped away from them and a championship, which is brutal. Which is brutal. I mean, it's brutal. You're trying to you're trying to relive a a, a championship. People, yep. you know, people spend money on that. So I mean, what do you think they're just so stupid, man. Yeah, but here's a question. Here's a question for you, though, because, I mean, right now this is just an NCAA conversation and not a Syracuse conversation. Right. But do you realize, you realize that the year that they won was uh-huh. the year that we lost to Michigan in the Final Four? Yes. Uh-huh. And then they beat Michigan. Uh-huh. So let's just say, per se, that we beat Michigan, and, and then we go and we lose to Louisville in the championship, national championship. How would you feel about that? I would. I'm. I'm consistent, Joe. I'm telling you right now. I think is absolutely we would ridiculous. A, we would have a default number two national championship. I. It's not worth it for me. I, I wouldn't take any pride in that. Zero. Well, if you didn't win the game, you didn't win the game. 
It, You're right. It, you know, I don't want a default second place participation trophy. <laughs> no, thank you. Well, I mean, and on in another note, if that does happen, we did lose to them in the ACC championship that year. So, or not the was it the ACC? No, it was the Big East, right? Last year of the Big East. Yeah, it wasn't ACC. No, I'm pretty sure it was the last year of the Big East. Yeah. And um, 14, 15. Yeah, yeah, it had to bend. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't the ACC. We've never made it to the. We've never won an ACC championship game. That's true. I don't even think we won an ACC tournament game. That yeah, that's what I mean. I'm sorry. That's what I'm talking about. We've never won an ACC tournament game. Correct. Yeah, yeah. That was that was the year. It was the the last year we were in the Big East, and uh, it was the uh, Big East tournament, and they beat us. I think 78-61. It wasn't even close, but we would we would have another Big East tournament championship as well. So. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, I I'm mean, just playing devil's advocate. So no, I hear you. I just, you know, it's easy for me to sit back and say, "Well, we didn't win it. We don't deserve it. The win if we didn't win." I'm not a big fan. You know, guys getting whatever the hell they got from. from yeah, but dude, dude, they beat us because when they visited the school two years ago, the strippers they danced in front of them. So, <laughs> right, I mean, exactly my point. You know, exactly. like that's it's exactly that's why they beat us. It gave so them superpowers. We, we I mean, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like my, Michael's Michael's special drink. Right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna write a book about that time you and I went to uh, the Duke Syracuse game at Duke, and we caught up with all those Duke players afterwards, and we saw them blowing lines in the bathroom. Remember that? No. Remember that? <laughs> <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> I'm gonna write a book about that day. Yeah. See what... <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. To, so <laughs> to be a fictional writer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, so anyway, well, I just think there, like you said, and many have pointed out, there's no consistency to these things, and this is just, it's wrong. And maybe they could have done something. I'm not saying, you know, here's the thing. I'm not saying the NCAA can't give them something, you know, but I mean, the taking away the wins and the championship and this holding uh, Patino accountable, he's not a freaking babysitter. And many of these, no. these kids are adults, you know I mean? They're young adults, but they're adults. They can fight in wars, you know, they're at college. I mean, you know, they can't be babysat all the time by the head coach. Right. It just yeah. can't happen. And, and if you were to dig deep in any of these, colleges especially the big ones stuff like this is going on all the time so i don't even want to hear it i don't yeah yeah I, I would i would agree with you there i mean it's just it's all about control you know it's all about control yeah and, but, yep. but but at the same time they don't want to hold the people at the highest you know at the highest point accountable and that's the way that I look at it. It's the same thing you know what I mean it's like oh well you know blame the blame the players and the coaches but you know, if you put a little bit of accountability on the school and the chancellor and the people that are actually like the highest part of that chain of command, then maybe you'll see a little bit of a trickle down effect that'll that'll make that that program a little bit more clean. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, if if the chancellor really cared what the director of basketball was doing and this, this and that and all that other stuff, then, you know, because the coaches, they don't I mean, what are you supposed to do? You know, there's only so much you can do, you know, and the bottom line is, is that you got to hold the person at the highest chain of command accountable for everything to work. You can't just every single time something pops off, you just blame the sergeant and his soldiers. 
You know what I mean? Like it's it, it's never going to work that way. So no, it's, and about, to it's declare, about control and it's about money. Yeah, you know? declaring them ineligible because of it is just it's the that's a fairy Ten years tale. Later, it's a fairy five years tale. Years after they graduated, they're ineligible. Yeah, all of a sudden their careers, their whole career is worthless because yeah. of one, you know, one or one specific event or maybe a couple events of the same character, yeah. but whatever. Um, so. You want to give me, um, you want to give me some football stuff or what? You got some, you got some more yeah, football stuff. Uh, just a little small, just small, small stuff. All um, right. And this is for 2018, right? 2018, yeah. They're they're not the players that are going to be playing this year, but right. It, they're always actively recruiting for the next year. So um, that that class, the signing period ends February 4th, which is an early signing period for like two or two or four days in uh, December. Um, but that's the classes that we're talking about, and that's what we were talking about last time, too. Um, last time we talked, we were up to six, and um, we got five more commits since then. Um, Akeem Dixon and uh, Jawar Jordan, two running backs, uh, Anthony Keeley, Taj Harris, two receivers, and another offensive lineman that actually we held the camp this past weekend. He came in from New Hampshire, really doesn't play the greatest competition of football, but something that our uh, – that our coaches saw a lot. I mean, they liked him. He's six eight, two eighty, I think, something like that. So, I mean, they look for those diamonds and roughs in uh, the Northeast because it usually doesn't really have a lot of competition as far as high school football. But um, two four seven sports, they have us forty uh, first right now in the recruiting class, um, and that's really all the recruits right now. Um, it's not that, awful. They, well, and it's just verbals, you know, but he's yeah. he's going out there trying to get athletes and playmakers. Um, and um, another thing that came out about as well uh, that's a little concerning is um, our defensive line is not that deep. And one of our better defensive linemen, he wasn't a starter, but he was in the rotation, Stephen Clark. He um, he actually can't play football anymore. He, he developed uh, blood clots during last season and – they did some tests in the off season and uh, it's a genetic um, disease that he's got, and uh, the doctors have uh, deemed him ineligible. So that's, that's going to take a little bit of a hit as far as defense line, especially since that's pretty much our weakest spot of our whole team. So that's just a little bit of uh, news that's going on right now. Um, we'll dig a little bit deeper when we got some more uh, verbal commits and we get closer to camp. So yeah, we just um, throw in one episode out a month just to stay in, stay relevant, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and to uh, just play around, give you a little something quick on the drive to and from work once in a while. Yeah. Um, something to listen to real quick in the the you know short season. Yeah, so um, we'll be doing another episode next month. Obviously, and I'll be there. I'll be dumping some stickers off at places. I'll just, I'll put that on Facebook. I'll be in Syracuse um, sometime in July, so uh, probably before the next podcast comes. So I'll be doing that. Um, Joe, I mean, it's it's pretty much all I got. You got anything else? No, I mean, don't um, got time to get into anything deeper. So um, once again, it, call, if you want to get on the podcast, give us a call. Toll free 1 804 977 1557. You'll hear this. We're sorry. This person is not available right now. Please leave a message <laughs> after the beep. <laughs>
No wonder uh, why he's not available. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you leave the message after the beep. We'll record your message, and then um, you know we'll review these. And uh, you got a question for me or Joe? You want to talk about? Football, basketball, shoot the breeze. Where's your favorite piece of pizza? I don't care. I mean, give, uh, us, a go. <laughs> give us a go. Sounds like Watson's weird stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is kind of a like a douchey voice, right? Yeah, it, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, if it becomes a thing, I mean, we'll I'll I'll pay something, but that's free. <laughs> so it, that's true. For that's right true. for right now, it's gonna have to do. We'll get through. We'll get through. We'll see what happens. Comes uh, come um basketball season so oh, we'll, yeah. we'll see how we do I mean, for football season but we might we might do okay for football season maybe some people will call in but maybe um, it'll surprise us who knows yeah so anyway It'll just be nice to hear yeah and you can get on the show and we'll um enter you know you can hear us um um you know whatever y'all want to say uh talk about your your call or whatever and and um i don't know something to have some little fun with so episode 25 in the books thank you so much for tuning in again uh if you want please go to facebook.com forward slash cuse nation podcast give us a like there on facebook uh for joe i'm sean we're out till next time you just heard the cuse nation podcast with sean and joe